0: And welcome to Conversations with Colby. I'm here again with Katie Grant, who has graciously agreed to come and chat with me again and uh, catch us up on uh, what's going on in her life. How are you doing today, Katie?
1: I am fantastic, glad to be here as always.
0: About a month or two ago that we sat here together. Uh, what's, uh, What's happened in your life since then?
1: So probably the thing I'm most excited about is I have started to write a children's book with one of my friends. Um, We have been cycling around this conversation of love and how important self-love is for everything.
0: Um, Absolutely. That's (laughs) a big one.
1: And how it's not a message that's often shared with kiddos or um, really given or giving them the chance to practice it. So we have just started to formulate some ideas for this book. Um, Yeah, and we're really excited about it.
0: Cool. Would you mind sharing some of those ideas or are you holding them a little close to the vest for now?
1: (laughs) No. um, So this, this conversation, like I said, has been happening over the past few months and really her and I have just been looking at how we give ourselves self-love mm-hmm. and after 33 years, that's really hard to break a habit or really change your learning around sure. that Yeah. and really, what does that even look like? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. You
0: know, it's, it's amazing to me. Um, I think a lot about education, uh, my own education and that of my, my three boys. Uh, they're eight, eight and seven years old and uh, I've done a couple uh, of these episodes, uh, talked with Sean, the director of, of the boys' school, uh Isla, which is absolutely fantastic, uh, another lady Harriet, who is a teacher uh, at the at their school and she uh she teaches nonviolent communication and permaculture. And educate the education that we receive, uh, sometimes I even do the, you know, the little quotation marks, <laughs> education. Uh, it can either be tremendously advantageous or it can really set us back in a lot of ways, and I truly mourn that my own education and upbringing did not uh, give me the tools of self love uh, that I am that I am now, you know, discovering and implementing. And yet, it's a challenging journey to get there.
1: It's very challenging, and you know, for my friend and I, it's the question of what does that feel like? What does mm. it look like? Um, especially in a culture where there's so many distractions right we tend to attach to everything that's external and so to really go in and feel what that feels like it's it's a whole nother world
0: yeah absolutely and, and even just the word feeling uh we I definitely experience being brought up in a world of doing and that feelings are an inconvenience and uh as a, as a man as a boy you know growing up it's you know we're taught often taught to suppress those feelings to hide those feelings and you know don't cry don't be sad and you know that just gets in the way of doing stuff and getting stuff done and uh, man you know like it, it just seemed natural at the time okay well this is what we have to do and you know, let's hide and bury those feelings and sweep them under the rug but uh, yeah, things are shifting in that
1: Yeah, and so what I will say about the book is we are excited to have it based in nature
0: Mm.
1: because nature has all the lessons that we need every day. And so we're using that as kind of the anchor for the book, which we're really excited about. And then I will also share, interestingly enough, I had a conversation with a friend yesterday and we were talking through... Manifesting things Mm -hmm. and how it's so powerful, and it's not a tool that's commonly used by people. Yeah, and so the self love ties into this because everything starts with yourself, and I think a lot of people have you know these feelings like, how can I make an impact? How do I make changes? And everything starts internally, and if you can do the healing that you need and the growth and the self-love and learn all the lessons that you need to, to move forward, then collectively it's going to be a whole lot easier to lift us all up.
0: Mm. Oh, I, lo- I love that. And, uh, I was reading something, I think uh, just this morning, uh, about the importance of taking care of ourselves, sorting ourselves out before we go out and try to save the world. And I spent a number of years, a a large number of years trying to fix other people and trying to, uh, it would be arguing on social media as my way of trying to uh, teach the world how it needed to be. And it wasn't effective. And not only was it not effective, it was alienating. Because I wasn't coming from an energy of self love mm-hmm. and self healing. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, there's, there's a couple things uh, that resonated with me that I heard. And one was be the change you want to see in the world, right? Don't try to change the world, be that change and let the world be inspired by you. Uh, in, in both on, a, on an intellectual level, but also, um, Leo has talked a lot about mirror neurons. And it's a fascinating um, way of sort of spreading our influence without having to make any effort. If we simply act in a way that we have found, you know, that we want to act and we might like other people to act, we don't have to convince them, we don't have to tell them, we don't even have to say anything. They will automatically imitate our behavior simply through the process of mirror neurons. And that's. That's been f- fascinating for me. Um, and another line that uh, quote that sticks out for me, and I have it as the the backdrop uh, on my on my laptop, is uh, it's a Mother Teresa quote, and she says, "If you want to change the world, go home and love your family."
1: Mm.
0: Yeah.
1: I love that.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's that's a big one, and you know, I I kind of realized in in. With my, with my family, both uh, parents, brothers, and, and my kids, uh, and the mother of my boys, you know, there's a lot of times where I have been unloving and unaccepting of them and, and judgmental of them. And while I learned to welcome that judgments are an awareness, an indicator of, of what our needs are and whether our needs are being met or not met in a given situation, I've also really learned to bring a tremendous amount more love, actual love. Love being acceptance. Love is not liking something, and I kind of used to think like, well, if I really like something a lot, then that's love. Mm. And sort of switched a little bit to more of a like, more of a a perspective of love is what's there when you might not like something.
1: That's such a good point. And you've said so many things in the past two minutes that I want to unpack (laughs) a little bit.
0: (laughs) I did. I got, I I caught a wave and I just kept riding it. And and yeah.
1: (laughs) So thank you for sharing all that. Mm. Uh, I want to think about the idea of, so projection in the Mm. sense of what I've been thinking through lately is my thoughts, my opinions, my judgments, Mm -hmm. I've realized they all have, even if it's a minor, anchor within myself. Mm -hmm. And so, what I feel about other people, at first, they may be resistant Be like, there's no way this has anything to do with me. It's them. Mm -hmm. And then you get below the surface a little bit, and you're like,
0: (laughs) okay! (laughs) There might be something to
1: this. Um, And it's freeing when you can think about how you feel about other people related to you, because you can impact you and so if you can impact you and it changes how you feel about somebody else and mm. that's just that collective energy and wellness that we have yeah. talked about before
0: mm. that's that's delicious i experienced so much frustration for such a long period of time trying to change other people and uh, apparently, I missed the whole memo that we can't do that. <laughs> However, in this whole world of 8 billion people, there is one person that I can change, and that's myself. And so, as I get more in touch with that, and as, as you, lo- you amazingly pointed out, seeing that what I might judge in others was a mirror, a reflection for something in my own self. And then instead of having the frustration of trying to change that in someone else, I could redirect my focus and change that in myself and work on, and, and first embracing and loving that part of myself and then allowing it room to, to grow and to transmute to, to transform.
1: I love that. Mm-hmm. When you interact with other people, are there strategies that you have or Awarenesses that you need to keep in mind about yourself um, or the types of people that you engage with before you are in a situation or if you're around people that you know maybe you have some boundaries with or some challenges with. Mm. I ask this because I recently had a conversation with someone that's close to me and I knew it was going to be a situation that Mm -hmm. drained my energy and was Mm -hmm. triggering in ways. And Mm -hmm. I also know that it was something that somebody needed from me. Um, So for me, it's like, well, you can't avoid conflict and you Mm -hmm. also have to play between this. How do I protect me and be able to help those and bring people kind of into my circle?
0: Yeah. Absolutely, because we don't want to shut people out. And, and uh, uh, there's a, a trainer that I absolutely love uh, in several nonviolent communication courses that I've taken. His name is Joram Mosensen. And he has a, a very unique approach to conflict. He celebrates conflict. He loves it. He gets so excited for conflict because he knows that within every conflict is a beautiful jewel. A nugget a diamond of information and that's something that can be learned about another person or about our own selves and through that uncovering uh, peeling back the layers to uncover those diamonds those jewels of information about ourselves and others is where we try we find true connection so what helps me a lot and it's This is a work in progress and it's not always easy because those triggers are real and the feelings that arise from them can be very strong. What helps me is to also bring an energy of awareness that the stronger the feelings, the stronger the conflict, the more beautiful and precious the diamond of information Mm -hmm. is. And by shifting to a process of working through the conflict, to get to the diamond of information, then I begin to welcome that conflict and maybe even get a little excited and be like, "Okay, this is juicy and <laughs> and that helps me to welcome the the pain, the trigger, the sadness um, and and celebrate that, yes, emotions exist to let us know when needs are being met or not met, uh, and we can welcome that and then also follow them down that hole to peel back those layers, get to what the needs are. And once you experience that process a few times, you fall in love with it and you fall in love with conflict and you fall in love with the people uh, that are in situations that are triggering for you because you know what's at the end of that process.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And hearing you say fall in love with conflict, Mm. I have definitely come to appreciate that whole concept. I think Mm. a lot of people would have some intense uh, anxiety from thinking that. And anything that we build up as a habit gets easier and easier. And I think that's what you're speaking to. And I actually listened to some... I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about the idea of... Waking up and doing something uncomfortable instantly, whatever that is, whether it's going to work out, whether it's meditating, even when your mind's going crazy, if it's learning something new, even though your brain is, you know, not awake yet. It's this idea of pushing yourself to do the uncomfortable. So your brain comes to expect this like, cool, this is what we do during the day. We experience uncomfortable things all day long and we know how to deal with this. We learn from it. We grow. And at the end of the day, we feel awesome because of all the little and big things that we tackled.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, uh, I recently read, uh, something that resonated deeply with me. I think it was from Aubrey Marcus. Um, and it dealt with comfortable and how, uh in today's world we've become very adept at creating comfort so for example if you have a headache right you pop an advil if you're feeling tired you drink a cup of coffee you know if you're feeling sad uh you drink a glass of wine um if you're bored you flip on you open your phone and you've got instagram and facebook and netflix And so the the discomforting periods, we've come up with a lot of ways to avoid those. What that's created, though, is that we, many people, are no longer comfortable with being uncomfortable. And the greatest, ironically, the greatest comfort in life is to become comfortable with the uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and not to avoid it. And the more that we numb and avoid that discomfort, the more actual discomfort we create in an ironic twist, because there's a sense of well, if we take away these numbing agents, we if we take away these, you know, these avoidances of discomfort, then we don't know how to deal with the the discomfort that remains.
1: Absolutely. That's really powerful.
0: Yeah. And there's so many lessons to be learned in discomfort. There's and merely the fact uh, I was, uh, I was sitting with Leo this morning, we were going free diving and he made a comment that, you know, as, as we were doing some breathing exercises, he, he made a comment that he noticed that I, uh, was, it ex- was showing a lot of comfort with these new and challenging situations. Uh, and then he said, and then I remembered that you, uh, worked and performed and trained in the circus. For so many years, and uh, you know, this is kind of so. And I and I said, yeah, you know, I'm really, I've become really comfortable with being uncomfortable, uh, and that's a, a true blessing. And yet, there's still areas where I would like to apply that. <laughs> so so you know, throw me you know into a into a circus with a a, a flying trapeze group of people I've never met or performed with before. And we've got you know an hour to practice before the show opens, and I'm good to go. There are other realms which uh, which I don't have that same you know ease uh, and uh, um, and welcoming of discomfort in, and I'm I'm learning. Those are my areas of growth.
1: Yeah, though. So, question I I have for you related to that is. How do you, how do people establish things that are uncomfortable that they should move towards and things that are uncomfortable that they should stay away from? Mm. This is definitely something that yes, in my life, I, I'm still struggling with. What is, what is that balance? What is my body yeah. and mind just rejecting because it's new, it's unfamiliar, it's uncomfortable. Mm. And what are those things that my body, mind, soul, everything is like, that's not a good fit
0: for them? Yeah absolutely and I, I love that question and celebrate it and that is a process of uh, <clears throat> practicing discernment uh, it's a practice of listening truly listening to our full body right so uh, the mind often and the ego or the identity oftentimes will draw a line that might be different than the heart or the soul and your heart and soul might be saying, I'm ready for this, right? And so our, our, we've then manifested some situation that will bring up that trigger. trigger. Uh, and the ego, the, the, the mind, the identity might be afraid of that and might say, hey, watch out. This, something like this happened before and we experienced pain. There's truly a way to feel into that. And we do know at our core when we're ready or not ready. And I think going into a situation and being willing to not be ready and being willing to be ready and kind of leaning into it, uh, someone told me an exercise about, uh, you know, feeling into the heart. You can place your hand on your heart and you can consider two different possibilities. And if one feels lighter Mm. or heavier than the other, then that can give you some indication on what's in alignment with your more intuitive sense. And that at least allows us to bring another voice besides only the mind, ego, which oftentimes i found. So in Flying Trapeze, for example, I always found that my body was capable of far more than my mind wanted to do. Certainly, you know, from a, you know, from a physical exercise standpoint, and my hands would get ripped, my muscles would be sore, and my mind might, the mind and ego might say, hey, we're done, take a break and the body and the heart and the soul (laughs) were just like no way i'm gonna keep doing this i love this i'm flying through the air and if i just you know i'll just do one more swing you know and then the 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 mind is like okay fine you know And, and and i was able to figure out that i could go so far past the limits that my that the mind the identity the ego wanted to place because the goal, the the role, the job of the mind, the ego, the identity is to keep us safe, right? And it's to keep us safe by holding us well within our range of capabilities so that we don't get anywhere near the limit. However, the downside of that is that there's this whole area of unexplored territory between the limits that the mind sets and the actual limits that our body has and the rest of us have. And there's a beautiful space to play in there. And so I like being able to include that space while also acknowledging that the value of uh, what the mind, the ego, the identity is saying is also valid and wanting to keep you safe. So uh, giving that mind and identity a sense of like, okay, we're gonna go a little further right but we're also going to let you let us know when it gets too far right and then you can almost relax into expanding those boundaries a little bit more
1: i love the way that you frame that colby especially with this idea of, of play space mm. right and so i think a lot of times people think that decisions choices behaviors mindsets are black and white And the truth is there's this middle ground where we are allowed to play and then look for signs, look for responses, for feedback from the universe on whether we're moving in the right direction or not. So it can be small successive steps um, instead of big decisions that we Mm. quote unquote can't take back. And so I really like this idea of being able to just experiment and there's there's nothing that you can't take back right move forward in a direction that you feel and if it's wrong then shift
0: yeah Uh, absolutely yeah absolutely it's this idea of i can take a step in this direction and it doesn't mean i'm committing to you know the whole journey uh we're we're allowing ourselves to explore new territory um in the arena of boundaries and setting boundaries also really helps with that, that we can say, okay, here's what we're currently comfortable with. Let's, uh, and we think we can go all the way out to this further point, but let's set a point that's a little bit, you know, that's like 10% of that way. Let's take a few steps into that territory and let's allow ourselves a little time to get familiar with that territory because what, one thing that the mind and the, um, you know, and, and the ego wants, the identity, is predictability and familiarity. Uh, because that's what keeps our physical body safe. If we are to run out into the middle of a dark forest, there's an idea that there could be some creatures there, some bears you know, that, that might eat us, or some you know, hostile environments, or even like a cliff that we might run over. So the brain is doing a wonderful job of protecting us and it wants to be able to understand physically what's out there. On the other hand, we've got the soul, the spirit, the heart that enjoys, that thrives on unpredictability and novelty and exploration. So what I've found is wanting to find a middle ground that we can play on, play in where all the parts of us are happy. Because then we're not at war with ourselves.
1: That's such an interesting concept. And it's what I refer to as personal integrity. Um, So I think a lot of people think of integrity as outward actions. Mm. And for me, when I think about integrity, it's how do I get my head, my heart, my soul, my energy aligned. And the things that I can align and move forward with are just like... They're almost out-of-body experiences to be able to do that. And so the trick is figuring out how to turn down that safety part of the mind because I think that dominates um, or tries to dominate most of my day, most of everybody's day, mm-hmm. right? Like that logical part of things. Um, when we have so much capability in our heart space, and you know that's, that's the way to heal and grow and learn and really just shift our culture in a way that I think is needed is to – turn up the noise inside instead of like all those repetitive thoughts that are intended to keep us safe although yeah. you know we look hundreds of years ago and those thoughts were like okay this really keeps me safe and now those same thoughts yes. maybe don't keep us safe in yeah. the same way but they're there.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I've 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 uh, thought about that ironically so many times that the operating system, the software that we're running developed thousands of years ago when we experienced a very different reality. There's not a whole lot of bears running, the, <laughs> roaming the streets, right? Um, yet we still have a lot of behaviors that are that built and developed and were programmed into us over tens of thousands of years, lovingly, wonderfully designed to keep us safe, you know, that are no longer realistic. Uh, just as, you know, we don't use, uh, we don't use horses to get around. Like if, if you're going to go to the mall, you, you might jump in a car instead (laughs) of ride your horse. So yet our human body, uh, we are still using some of the software and technology, uh, that developed a a long time ago. And, uh, you know, that creates a, you can look at it as it's a, it's a fun and and fascinating (laughs) experience of life. Like we're, we're, uh you know, <laughs> we're in a state of cognitive dissonance. You know, part of us is, is living in the past that we, that we uh, you know, that we arrived from while also stepping into the future. And the rate of technological uh, increase in improvements has far exceeded our body's capability to keep up with that. So that's, a, that's an experience that we are going to have to get used to uh, especially as the rate of technological increase is rapidly accelerating at an exponential rate. So we have an opportunity right now to figure out how we can adjust to fit a new world while owning and acknowledging that uh, we come from a different world in the past.
1: Absolutely. And it's cool to think about what's an opportunity. <laughs> I think we're uh, pre-programmed, that's one of those old programs, is to think about things as um, a challenge, a problem, yeah. like why is this yeah. happening, instead of what's yeah. the opportunity here?
0: Yeah, that shift has, has made a big, uh, big difference for me. To look at everything as a, a beautiful puzzle, an, an opportunity to, to enjoy the experience of figuring this out uh, many people in fact speculate that this whole experience of being a human is a holographic projection is a video game that we created kind of like the movie uh with kirk douglas um the the game okay. um and it's it's the mo- it's the perfect video game that <laughs> appears to be completely real uh and is created with the most Wonderful complex challenges, because that's fun. That's exciting. And our soul is just dancing (laughs) ecstatically at um you know at this this process that is overwhelming for the identity, for the mind. Uh and yet if you were to go and and watch a, a movie, you were sitting watching the movie, and the more tense, the more dramatic the situation, the more excited, the more engaged you are with it. It's a little bit different when we're living in the character of the movie and the brain that wants to keep us safe is freaking out because, you know, it's seen this movie before and there's (laughs) monsters around that corner and, you know, Freddy Krueger is there ready to like, (laughs) you know, Um, so it's, it's, again, it's this, this balance between this super exciting we love the drama of this and yet there's a part of us that also is uh you know has a different has a different mission has a different uh goal in mind and we get to experience the, <laughs> the tug of war the push and pull between those parts
1: yeah and i think we underestimate our abilities instead of overestimating so if you can yes. widen your perspective yes. right this whole concept of time and thinking about yes. three years five years even two months down the road it's like no I handled this mm-hmm. because I handle everything yeah. I learn and I grow from it so yeah. really all the challenges that come up I know yes that I'm gonna be okay with them
0: yes absolutely and and to your point it is safer in a sense, for the mind, for the identity, to uh, to play within, you know, well within our range of abilities, so that it doesn't fall off the end. Um, and at the same time, that's we're missing out on that big chunk of playground. Um, and it's what we can do is we can bring an awareness of yes, we're gonna go you know, we're gonna dance a little bit close to the, to the border, uh, but we familiarize ourselves with that territory, slowly, gradually dip our toe into the water, get comfortable with it, take another step, get comfortable. It's kind of like uh, altitude acclimatization. So a mountain climber, if they're gonna go do Everest, they won't just run right straight up Everest, because uh, they actually, like, you know, in most cases, uh, they wouldn't, their lungs wouldn't be capable of breathing the air at that altitude. So what they do is they'll climb up a fair, a certain amount, and then they'll come back down and they'll camp for the night. Then the next night they'll go, the next day they'll go up a little higher and they'll come back down and camp again. And they'll keep doing that in stages to acclimatize themselves to the altitude. Well, it's the same, it can be the same thing in life. We go a little further, you know, we stretch our boundaries and then the, the identity of the mind wants to be comfortable. So we pull back a little bit We recover we rest we integrate and then we continue that process uh you know each each day
1: yeah i like that and the representation of the physical right
0: i think Mm. it's helpful for
1: people to understand and understand things in a visual way and then relate it to kind of how their their internal process works
0: absolutely and maybe that's the way that's why all these things exist in the universe is as little hidden easter eggs little (laughs) hints to tell us remind us it's it's amazing sometimes how that external world is such a perfect and beautiful reflection of the internal world which goes back to what we were saying uh at the beginning a nice way of circling this back home that it all starts within uh if the the deeper we go internally the more that we examine, self-examine, and, and explore our own selves, uh, and, um, and allow ourselves to clean up and to nourish ourselves from within, then we will automatically find our external world reflecting that. And it's an amazing process. And it's a whole lot better than banging our head against the <laughs> wall, <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to get the world around us to change, which as we said before, is not always the most effective. Uh,
1: no, yeah. although it's helpful to surround yourself with people that have similar energy and similar minds and um, yes. it just makes everything easier.
0: It does, it does. And, and to be supported in that process and, and to do it in collaboration and cooperation, uh, what I've found, and this is a wonderful experience, is the more that I get in touch with my own willingness to be cooperative, and and self-regulated, the more I attract other people to me that are sharing that ethos and that energy. And that's been a a really, truly wonderful experience.
1: The universe is rewarding you, Colby. (laughs) (laughs) In nice little bows. It's rewarding
0: (laughs) us all because we are the universe. So we're rewarding ourselves. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, I want to thank you for coming out and uh, joining me again. Uh, it is always a tremendous pleasure to, to talk with you and hear about what's going on for you. Let's, uh, let's do this again.
1: For sure. As always, happy to chat with you and raise awareness.
0: Fantastic. And to all, all our listeners, have a wonderful day. And thanks for tuning in.